My name is Andrew. I'm Jay Pollitt. And you're listening to the first episode of So What Are We Watching? Since this is our first episode, we're going to briefly run through the logistics of what this is. We've kind of structured this into three separate acts. So we've got our first act, we will be talking about what films we might have watched recently. And in our second act, we will be focusing on a main topic. So this could be anything ranging from like a main film to a specific genre, a franchise or anything. Our third act, we'll be talking about what is in the film news at the moment and discussing our thoughts on that. So, Andrew, to start it all off, what are we watching? Well, recently in cinemas, I have watched Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is an A24 film. A24, uh, probably it's one of beautiful. my... It's It really is beautiful. Uh, A24, um, uh, one of my favourite film companies. They've done films like Ex Machina, they've done uh, Hereditary, Midsummer. they've done quite a lot of horror, and they're very known for it. But Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is kind of different, and ironically for this year like there's been so many multiverse movies which we'll get onto in a minute um that this film it feel like it's the more ambitious multiverse film um it's it's got a plenty array of talented actors uh jamie lee Curtis is in this surprisingly there's so many different references to it it's comedic it's brutal but overall it's got a very strong message i believe I mean, I think I said it earlier, I think it was beautiful. Uh, it, you mentioned that, like, you know, kind of what a lot of big films are trying to do, specifically, like, this year, uh, is focus on, like, multiversal gatherings and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of big franchises are doing that to incorporate all sorts of different cameos from these years of franchises. It's all its own thing. The first kind of half, it's all just kind of like a bit of a comedy. And that comedic element still kind of goes on throughout the film. But then the second half just completely hits you. Uh, it's got a really great message behind it. And uh... I think what works well is it doesn't try too hard, like you said, to shove in those cameos, those appearances. It's its own thing. And it explores the multiverse in a little bit more of a complex idea that a single decision is kind of like a... It's like, it's like the butterfly effect. It's like a single thing you do results in a massive change. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's a great film. And uh, you can watch Everything Everywhere All at Once in cinemas now. Yeah. So. For the next two or three weeks before they decide to pull it. But, you know, watch it while you can. Watch it while you can, yes. Um, enough about what I've been watching. What have you been watching? Well, aside from that amazing film, um, just yesterday... Uh, from the day we were recording this, I trekked down to London on the coach, and it was a five-hour journey, so I downloaded a couple of films, and one of those was the recently released Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. We were just talking about the cameo thing. I feel like a lot of the great things about Chip and Dale is <laughs> the amazing just cameos, which you kind of start to question yourself as to where did these come from? Like, how did they get the rights? I mean... Well, it is a parody after all, so... It is at first surprising about how they got the rights to characters such as, um, well, well, maybe not actually tell you what the characters are because you should just go see it for yourself. But there's definitely some big company characters in there if you've already seen from the trailer. Um, but since it is a parody, it's allowed to spoof off other characters. And being Disney, you know, they're quite a big monopoly, so they they have a lot of rights to characters anyway. 
Especially well, something children. I found quite ironic, really, because the whole film's kind of premise is it's making fun of reboots, yet it's a film by Disney. I do like the cast in Chippendale. Like, they got Andy Samberg in this. Yeah. I love Andy Samberg. Um, they've brought back characters like Peter Pan. Uh, see, P- seeing Peter Pan is this, this like, 40, 50-year-old washed-up Hollywood star uh, is, is kind of funny. Um, and th- I'll be honest, this film reminds me quite a lot about like who framed Roger Rabbit. That's that's what sort I've heard of vibe quite a bit. Um, I'm getting from this film. It's kind of ironic that they've turned two characters that didn't really have too much to do with Disney, aside from being in a few Donald Duck shots and maybe having their own little danger thing. Uh, they've had this massive, not a reboot, a comeback. That is what they're saying. This film is. Um, but like you said, it is pretty ironic and pretty funny that despite them making fun of all these remakes, they've basically made one in essence themselves. So, On that note, just wait for the next uh, Disney reboot next week, probably. <laughs> Pirates uh, of the Caribbean 6, here we come. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can go watch Chip and Dale. Uh, Rescue Rangers, we are not being sponsored for this at all. Uh, you can watch that now on Disney+. Disney, Plus. if you are listening to this, I, ho- I hope we do get a contract at some point. But Speaking of everything everywhere all at once, um, after watching the film, I kind of found it was one of... It's one of my favourite films now. Uh, which kind of perfectly leads us into our second act, which is uh, today's topic. We're going to be talking about our top five favourite films because it's our first podcast. We figured we'd let you guys get to know us so i'm gonna start off by asking you andrew which is your fifth favorite film of all time fifth favorite film i'd probably say nightcrawler okay jake gyllenhaal yes jake gyllenhaal of course what do you like about this movie it's something about it it's less of your bigger blockbuster movie less of your bigger like drama film it's 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 quite a small hidden gem of a film. It's a smaller indie flick. It follows that sort of psychotic character in his like slow descent of trying to get that popularity. Um, and Jake's performance in this is 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 ranged just from how like um, you know charming to sadistic to just pure evil in this film this is one of my favorites there's not much i can really say about it because it's a film that you have to sit down and watch for the first time and then you can understand like that i there's no way i can put it into words just aside from the performance the, the story's simplistic enough um there's not too many characters to be invested with and that's what i like about it. it's like this it's not too big it's not too grand you can just watch it you can sit down the main focus is jake himself how about you, Jordan? What's your number five spot for one of your favourite films? So, my fifth favourite film of all time is the 1994 classic, The Lion King. Iconic. Um, and I'm trying to point out that I'm not talking about the... Uh, we were just talking about reboots. Um, the abysmal 2019 It's that separation <laughs> from the abomination which the is CGI the CGI was impressive. I will give them that. But it... Why could that not have been done with like a new idea and not just rip off one of the greatest films of all time? Yeah, why why feel a need to rehash something when you could have made something else? 
We're well, going to have to do a whole episode just talking about like how bad... Because re- we've already spoken about reboots quite a bit today. Um, but The Lion King, I, I, I just love it. I've always loved it. Um, and it still holds up to me today as a 20-year-old adult that it is one of the greatest films of all time. It's my favourite Disney film. I'm sure everybody listening to this has watched The Lion King. And if you haven't, what are you doing? Go and watch The Lion King. That is also available on Disney+. Plus. So, um... We'll move on to number four. So, Andrew, what is your fourth favorite film? Inglorious Bastards by Quentin Tarantino. Did you course. forget who directed it for a second then? Well, not <laughs> I'm really. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who directed it. Uh, maybe I did forget for a second, but let's forget about that. Cause... If you name like any Tarantino film, you'll. If you know Tarantino, you'll... I think it's less of me forgetting it was directed by Tarantino, more just a thought of like. You know, it's the fact that it's Quentin Tarantino. I have to take a pause because his name is so mighty. Like, it's just like, it's, it's, in my opinion, one of his best works. There's something about it. Just from the, from the beginning, the open scene is chilling. It's, it's so calm, so subtle. There's no violence. It's just like a good, solid 10, 20 minutes of talk. Yet there's something so intense about it and the, the the slow burn the lead up to it pays off and then from there the rest of the film it separates into different chapters kind of typical of tarantino which he's done in quite a lot of his films like pulp fiction but the difference with inglorious bastards is it's quite a graphic film not graphic as in like pulp fiction graphic where someone's heads are blown out in the car it's it's fully graphic there is there are a lot of very messed up scenes in this film but i feel like that's one of the main appeals i love tarantino's interpretation of gore i love his interpretation of violence and also he depicts these vengeful american jews and all that basically like they're they're brutish they're brutal like you know it's it's kind of like a bit like justice in a way um now i actually have a funny story about inglorious bastards it has nothing to do with the actual contents of the film but a few years ago, I'd gone down to London to see my family, and uh, my little cousin, who was, I want to say seven at the time, me, my auntie, and her, we went to just a shop that had DVDs in it. And she knew she wasn't allowed to watch things that were like rated 18 or 15 or 12. And she ran up to Inglorious Bastards, and she was like, ooh, this looks good. And she picks it up, and she tries to run out of the store, and I was like, okay, for a off. Never do that, even when you are, like, past 18. But it's just the way she was like, oh, I'll watch Inglourious Facets. That's appropriate for a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? No. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No seven-year-old should be in- subjected to Inglourious Bastards, never mind a Quentin Tarantino film, for many reasons. On that weird note, Jordan, your number four spot. Go. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now, you've mentioned this film to me a few times off mic, and you've told me to watch this, and I still need to watch it, but remind me again... He's going to watch it eventually, because I am we going do to watch plan it. on doing an yes. episode on it. We, have, we, we are doing an episode either, on this. Either an Eternal Sunshine episode, or just a whole Jim Carrey episode. But yeah, no. So, it's not your typical Jim Carrey film. Because most of the time, they're zany, quirky, campy adventures... Uh, sometimes with a deep meaning, uh, but this one it has a little bit of like that quirky side to it, but very 
minuscule though it's got so much just like emotional depth to it you go into it like all the trailers advertise it as like this just happy fun little jim carrey film and then you go into the film and it messes you up completely i don't want to say too much about because we plan on doing probably talking about this in further detail in the future yeah but if you want to watch it it's currently available in the uk on netflix uh i'm not sure when it's going to go off but don't miss your chance so andrew what's your third pick third pick i'm just gonna make this short and snappy because there's not too much i can say about this Zack snyder's justice league now most of you maybe not most of you might be aware of the downfall currently which is the dc extended universe because a lot of the films past i'm going to say batman vs superman and suicide squad kind of went into a steadily slow decline because studios like Warner Brothers weren't allowed directors creative freedom. A fan campaign that sparks a hashtag and a movement released a Snyder Cut three years in the making finally led to Zack Snyder's version of Justice League, a four-hour movie released directly onto HBO Max. The true vision of the director himself is everything all the fans wanted the the CGI, the the redemption of Stefan Wolf, the, the main villain in it, because his CGI before was really bad. The fleshing out of the characters, fleshing out of actors like Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill. It's a DC nerd's dream. That's all I can say. Now I'm going to be honest. I've never actually the only DC EU film I've seen is Batman vs Superman. Did I you watch that, the like... normal cut or did you watch the directorial cut? Because if you watch the director's cut, you'll understand where a lot of fans got the frustration from Warner Bros. cutting a lot of content. I watched it like when it first came out, so probably the original. Um, but yeah, no, I've n- I've not watched any other DC films. Uh, I do remember. I mean, it's been six years now, so I guess I can spoil it. Superman dies at the end, um, but I know I am aware that like that gets sort of reversed. Not reversed, but like. He's alive now. Resurrection. Yeah, that's that's will. the word. Yeah. Number three spot for Jordan. Let's hear it. So my third favourite film of all time is the 1985 cult classic, The Breakfast Club. Great choice. It's, I mean, you know, it's just, it's The Breakfast Club. I think the more and more you watch The Breakfast Club, the more and more better it gets like the older you get as well you you understand more films you resonate um, with the characters and you resonate i've had an experience that was like the breakfast club um beginning of 2020 just before covid hit i went to a gig and met a bunch of cool alternative people we all hung out uh there was a bit of drinking involved uh and never spoke to each other again it was a group of us five people never met before sound familiar and then like i mean of course it kind of breakfast club kind of ends at the end of detention so it's up to your interpretation of whether they meet again i'd like to think they don't because it makes it more like tragic and more meaningful kind of that like some friendship just don't last forever but yeah no i love the breakfast club so i take it that you also love your second pick which what would you say that that is halloween the original Halloween classic film, classic slasher film, Nick Castle, Jamie Lee Curtis. What more can you ask for? It's simple. 
simple story insane inmate escapes medical institution goes round stabbing people in the dark halloween's the one with michael myers isn't it yes michael yeah. myers if he mistakes him for someone else shame on you shame on you if you mistakes him for anybody else and shame on <laughs> everybody else as a horror fan deeply offended um my dad has a michael myers mask i really want a michael myers mask it's it, it, it's it's such an iconic mask dad it's... if you're listening to this i'm gonna steal your michael myers mask fun facts about the mask actually um originally it was the captain kirk mask which it was basically sprayed white the eyebrows removed the eye holes made bigger and the hair scruffed up a little bit and hey presto the michael myers mask and you know that's what people refer to it as now instead of captain kirk's mask um okay but I did not enough know about that. the mask the actual film itself just oh the mask that's a good film as well <laughs> the mask yes um sure that's the list um it's it's a it, it's a slasher that i'll never get bored of some people currently will probably get bored of it currently because it is quite a slow burner a lot of films made during that era were quite slow burner films um but that's what's so great about it it's like it's the music it's the tension it's it's not jump scary like what a lot of films want to be nowadays it's just like the pure dread and fear of something lurking in the shadows he comes out slowly he's, he's basically the boogeyman he's basically like your worst nightmare he's he's like evil incarnate um and jamie Lee performance in that it, it, it's aged like fine wine she's amazing um, and it's it's just one of my personal favorite horrors. I, I must confess. It's a great it's a great choice for a second favorite film. Speaking of second favorite film, what is yours? Uh, mine's also a horror movie, um, although it's a bit more of like an unconventional horror film. Uh, it is the two thousand two Danny Boyle pick, Twenty Eight Days Later. Zombies, yes. Or are the zombies really the villains though? No, this is the film that uh, I've highly regarded ever since I first watched it. I, I watched, I rewatched it recently because I did an essay on it <laughs> um, for uni, and suddenly I remembered like why I love this film so much. Because like every now and then I'm like, was it that good? Did I really like it? And then I rewatched it. I was like, oh yes, this is. It's literally, I, I'd call it a masterpiece. But it's, yeah, yeah, no, like, the whole, obviously, the opening sequence is, like, the iconic bit with him walking through the empty streets of London. It has a huge twist in it where you kind of end up forgetting about the zombies in the final act because the villain suddenly changes completely. And uh, Christopher Eccleston's in it. He It's one of his pre-Doctor Who performances, and he's uh, he's brilliant in it, as expected. Now, another thing about 28 Days Later is it used to be my number one film until I rewatched what my number one pick is and I remembered, oh my god, I love this film so much. What is your number one pick? We'll get to that after you say, what is your number one pick? (laughs) Ooh, my number one pick. Your favourite film of all time. My favourite film of all time. See, this is a tricky one to narrow down out of all the horror films, out of all the films I've listed previously. But I think I have to narrow it down to just a classic British film. Edgar Wright's The World's End. Part of the Cornetto trilogy. Next final to part. The final part of the Cornetto trilogy with 
films before it like Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz. It's just, it's bonkers. It's hilarious. It's just about five guys on a night out doing a pub crawl, bunch of robots, bunch of beers. What could go wrong? It's, I feel like it's the one of the prototype films for um, his bigger films like Baby Driver and Last Night in Soho. But the music, the fights, the comedy, it's all so very well timed. And you've just, you've got amazing actors in it like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. This is a film that I will never get bored of. And this is a film that every time I want to go out on a pub crawl or go drinking, I will reference heavily. Like, I know, quote to quote, like nearly every single line in this film, especially Gary King. Like, I, I feel like I associate myself a little bit with Gary King. Now I'm going to be honest, I've it's something that I've been harassed by my friends for for ages now. I have seen it, but I've only seen it once. And I've seen all Edgar Wright's films, like, other than The World's End more than once. And it's not because I don't like it. Like, I've seen it once, but I always remember, like, that joke where it's like, uh, oh, I haven't had a drink in 30 years. You're thirsty, then, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um... Like that—that that made me die. Like when I first saw it, I—I I need to rewatch it. Um, I—I I thought it was great. It's—it's it's just because I haven't seen it more than once. It's currently which you need to. Which, it's currently ranked. Which at the if, if anybody else who's list. if anybody else who's listened to this haven't seen it more than once, shame on you. You need to watch it. And speaking of number one place, you've heard mine, Jordan. What's your number one? My number one pick, the one that's replaced 28 Days Later, is Donnie Darko. Ooh, another Jake Gyllenhaal film. Interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, Richard Kelly, 2001. Just like one of the things I love about it is anytime you can watch it, you have a different perspective of it because suddenly you pick up on different things. There's a crap load of like, different theories out there online, which um, Donnie Darko is another film which we do plan on kind of covering we could go through different theories and stuff but yeah um donnie darko is just you can't change my mind it's my favorite film frank the bunny rabbit is also an icon the bunny suit is iconic in horror film history um which you didn't actually realize it was a horror film until it's not I told a horror you. film it is a horror film it's donnie darko is classed as what's a scary horror. about it though <laughs> a horror film does not have to be scary for it to be a horror not jump scary horror it could be themes of horror but donnie darko maybe this is what we can have our donnie darko episode on debating whether it's a horror donnie film darko is a horror but you know to be continued this brings us to Axe Free. Andrew, I'll let you start off. What's what would you say is currently the most relevant thing? In, in Ooh, the news? most relevant thing in the news currently. Um, a lot of people will probably be following this. Hopefully, um, is the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial. The which just ended, right? Just ended last week, actually. Yes. Now, by and... the time this episode comes out, the verdict will be like done. So. Whatever we say might be outdated. <laughs> it might um, be wrong, might be outdated, and... Are, are you uh This is going to be a stupid question. Are you a Johnny Depp fan or an Amber Heard fan? I, you might as well be asking me, do I live on the moon or do I live on the earth at this point? Because, of course, I'm a Johnny Depp fan. I, I, I love Johnny Depp. I mean, anybody, you know, who's been following this trial, like, a lot of 
people who've been following are Johnny Depp fans. Even if it's not Johnny Depp fans outside of it, you know... You can... Whether you're a Johnny Depp fan or not, it's not hard to see the inconsistencies in Amber Heard's arguments. Uh, if you disagree, and you think that Amber Heard is innocent, then I guess... Like, Tell us let, why. Let, let us know let, why. Let us know, yes. Um, Speaking of Johnny Depp, <laughs> I have some interesting news, which is apparently rumoured. I don't know if this is actually being confirmed yet. Like we said, this might change by the end of the week, depending on the verdict of the trial. But apparently, Johnny Depp has been rumoured to be casted in Tim Burton's Beetlejuice 2, which obviously has Michael Keaton in it. And also, apparently, Brad Pitt bit of an odd choice but i am hopeful that johnny depp gets to reunite and do films with his good old power tim burton yeah my first ever like cinema memory is going to watch the 2005 charlie and the chocolate factory which was tim burton johnny depp although it's hard to see that as johnny depp but it is so after the trial ended last week, apparently Johnny Depp went to a festival in leeds and just started playing guitar because you know Many of you may know he actually does do support acts. He's done support acts with quite a few different bands. And it's not just for showing his Dior adverse. But it's nice to see that he's got his his head somewhere else aside from the trial because it's 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 been an exhausting seven weeks for him. And he just needs some time to I mean, Yeah, I feel, I feel exhausted watching it at this point. Yeah, um... I feel like everybody is just tired watching it. The memes have been great. The arguments, you know, I mean, very one-sided, because obviously the one-sided. Uh, the thing I wanted to bring up was a new trailer for a film coming out in, oh god, like literally like just over a month. Oh wow. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, the official trailer's released. Have you seen it? Yes. Kristen Bale as Gore is terrifying, I will say. He looks... Maybe not comic accurate in the trailer, but I can forgive that because it's Kristen Bale. Kristen Bale will always give it an all. I am just hoping they do not one-shot him like they've done with a few other villains before. It looks sick. The Russell Crowe as well. Russell Crowe as Zeus. They're bringing back all these gods. The massive major play in the Marvel Universe, Marvel Comics, which I'm hoping if they're introducing gods like Zeus and all that in Greek mythology, I hope they introduce Hercules because Hercules is a massive part of Marvel, a massive part of the story, especially with characters like Thor, Hulk, She-Hulk, anyone who's super strong. Um, Jane Foster as the mighty Thor. We, we see another on-screen adaptation of Thor. It's nice to see uh, Natalie Portman back in the MCU Natalie Portman after like, almost 10 years. It, it's it's great to see her again on screen. I'm very excited for this film. I, I'm a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok, and it's basically a sequel to it. I love how like the trailer, like, if you're not familiar with the character of Korg as well, it kind of just looks like Taika Waititi's narrating it. Aside from Thor, Love and Thunder, is there anything else left to say? Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. They're making a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. The IP, the rights for Winnie the Pooh basically went public this year as Disney is losing quite a few characters such as Winnie the Pooh and also Mickey Mouse. So you might see Mickey Mouse horror come out soon. But... So Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain. We could make a Winnie the Pooh movie. If we we could to. make Winnie the Pooh movie, yes. We'd have every right to. The name of the film officially is Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. And from the images that have been released, it looks like it's going to be your bog standard slasher film because... 
The mask is more like a silicone Winnie the Pooh mask and his accomplice looks like a very nightmarish version of Piglet. So, you know, for androids whose favourite film in the childhood, our favourite series in the childhood was Winnie the Pooh, it has to be traumatised. Yes, yes. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's a very interesting idea to, you know, rehash Do we have any idea when it's coming out? Uh, I'm not too sure. It'll probably be later this year, maybe next year. Depends on how soon they'll be making it. But also, this has only just been announced. So yeah. this this could be just like, you know, pre-shot photos. This could be, you know, next year. But I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's definitely an interesting choice for a horror film. For um, sure, definitely. Is 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 after a lot more than just horny, he's out for blood, he's out for <laughs> murder. Um is this this is not the teddy bear that you want to cuddle. Um so yeah, but I'm 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 excited. And that seems to be it. That's all we really have time for today, folks. So if you've got any films you want us to talk about in the future, um, just let us know. You can follow us on Instagram. We're going to be doing these roundabout probably every two weeks. Hopefully moving that up to one week eventually, uh, just because that's all we have time for at the moment. If there's any points we've made that you want to discuss with us over as well, you're more than welcome to do so. And uh, yeah. This is Andrew and Jordan signing off. <laughs>